Would you please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you love someone, you will want the very best for them, right? Yes, indeed. And I love my grandson, three-year-old little Yanni. I love him very much. And I love my five-month-old granddaughter, Everly, very much. And obviously, I want the very best for both of those little kids, right? And as my grandchildren grow, I'd like to see that they'll have lots of friends, just as most of you parents, all of you parents and grandparents would want the same thing for your child or children. I want my two little grandkids to possibly get straight A's. But if they don't, I'll still love them just as much, just as you will, and you're loving your kids just as much, whether they get straight A's or something else. Amen. I, um, ideally, I'd like, I'd like my two little, little guy and little, or my little girl, I'd like them to find a detour around pimples and braces. And so would you for your children or grandkids. I'd like them to be safe and happy, of course, and, and eventually marry the right person. Maybe that right person is here in this congregation, Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. Maybe that right person is somewhere else. We leave that in God's hands, right? And I'd like Liliani and baby Everly to, uh, to have the best, but more than anything, more than anything, I believe I want them to have and to experience these three truths which the Apostle Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. And the three truths are these. Three things will last forever. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that is the New Living Translation, a translation from the Greek and the Hebrew in the 1990s. Some of you are perhaps familiar with the King James Version of the Bible, translated in 1611. And that verse in the King James says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. And so, my friends, I want... I want to invite you now to think for a few minutes with me on faith, hope, and love. First of all, think about faith with me. Faith is belief. Faith is trust in God, trust in Jesus. It is, it is belief that God came to earth in the person of Jesus who was crucified on a cross and in so doing, paid the penalty for our sins that you and I could be forgiven. Faith is belief that Jesus, Jesus was victorious over death, rising from the grave, which we celebrate as Easter. And I want my children and my grandchildren to discover that kind of faith in God. Faith that is strong in God in Jesus. 
And I'm eager for you to also discover that kind of faith. I'm eager for the boys and girls this coming week at day camp to discover faith and trust in Jesus through the activities, through the fun, and through the uh, crafts, and through the, the Bible lessons. I'm eager for the boys and girls this week to discover faith in Jesus. The reason we operate day camp and sports camp isn't just, isn't just for the fun of it. Yes, we want to provide a fun environment for the boys and girls, but our ultimate goal is to s- stir up and inspire their minds and hearts towards faith and trust in Jesus. Amen? I want to tell you a little story. A mother was very upset because her two little boys were behaving very badly, traumatizing their whole neighborhood. One day, the mother went next door and began pouring out her troubles to her neighbor. And the neighbor offered a solution. She once had a similar problem with her own little boy, So she took him to a nearby Catholic church and made him confess to the priest. Well, that took care of her problem. The upset mother with the two boys decided to do the same thing. She marched her boys down to the Catholic church and turned them over to the priest. The priest took the first boy aside and said, young man, where is God? The little boy was scared stiff, and he didn't answer. The priest repeated the question, young man, where is God? The little boy jumped up, ran from the priest, grabbed his brother, and said, we've got to get out of here. We've got to get out of here. They've lost God, and they're trying to pin it on us. I'm glad Debbie's getting super blessed there. (laughs) Some people these days have the idea that God is lost. He is not lost. God, God is real. God is real. I want you to know God is real and he can be personally found, discovered. Years ago, shortly after our daughter Amy was born, the doctor handed her over to me. I held her in in my arms. And isn't it strange, you know, uh, now when our two little grandchildren were born in the last three years, when, when we went through the process of their birth, it was interesting how my mind, my mind just, just instantly went back to those moments when our children were first born. It probably was the same with you, Cindy, I, I suspect as well. Probably the same with many of you. But anyway, when our daughter was born, I held her in my arms. <clears throat> I held her in my arms, of course, and I watched her tongue and mouth move, and I held her hand, and I felt... I felt the beauty of her presence. And I said to myself something like, incredible. This is incredible. From the union of two little cells came the formation of a beautiful, screaming little girl. God formed our little, our little Amy. 
I looked at our child and I thought, yes, God is real. And the same thing, the same thing happened when our son Jeremy was born, and the same thing happened when our grandchildren were born more recently. In fact, the same thing happens to me every time I go to a hospital when some of you give birth to your son or daughter. I look at that little newborn baby, boy or girl, and my heart is filled with joy. And as a as a person who was a science student at the University of Toronto, as one who knows of all the intricacies and all the chemical reactions and all the biological steps that need to take, uh, take shape for a child to be born, I, I look at a child and yes, I say, God is real. Amen. Amen. I think back, I think back to 1970, when my mother was very, very, very critically ill, uh, she was a, a half step from death's door and in fact was not expected to live. She had gone in for what was supposed to be a minor operation, but it became a very major event in the life of our family. Eventually, my mother recovered. And uh, after she recovered, Dr. Vizoris and other doctors and nurses said to her, they said something like, we can't believe you are alive. You, you, Patsy, are a miracle. We expected you to die, and someone upstairs must be watching over you. I think back to 1970, and I say, yes, God is real. God is real. God doesn't always answer the way we want. He doesn't answer the way we want all the time for reasons I can't understand and neither can you. But through it all, I know and I believe that God is real. Praise God. In the Bible, in Isaiah 55, verse 6, we read, Seek the Lord, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Isn't that beautiful? Isaiah 55, verse 6. And in Proverbs 8, verse 17, God says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me, find me. My friends, my wish is that my dear grandchildren and each person here and the day camp children this week will seek the Lord and in seeking him, will find him. And will commit their hearts, their lives, to Jesus. You know how else I know we can find him? Because Jesus says to each of us, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come in. He wants to be a part of your life and mine. Don't crowd him out, but let him in. And so my prayer is that my grandkids and each person here and our radio listeners would have faith in Jesus who was and is God 
who came to earth in the flesh. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the verses go on to tell us, he dwelt among us. He dwelt among us. Faith is belief, trust in God, trust in Jesus. For those of you making notes, point B, faith, faith is, uh, is that with God all things are possible. There's a second kind of faith, and that is faith that with God all things are possible. In Matthew 19, verse 26, Jesus says, with God all things are possible. Jacqueline Hall inspired us to grow in this kind of faith, didn't she? Through her life, through her perseverance, through her battle with cancer, she inspired faith in, in all of us and others outside of our church. The question is, are you struggling? Are you struggling with sickness? Maybe with marriage problems? Are you struggling to pay the bills? Do you have a river to cross, a mountain to climb that seems impossible? God specializes in things thought impossible. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain, says the chorus. Faith in God can move a mighty mountain. Is all this pie in the sky? No. No, the Lord says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, I will help you. We can also have point C, faith. Faith that turns troubles into triumph. You and I can't control everything that happens to us, but we can control how we react. Oral Roberts was a great man of faith. Oral Roberts was a great faith healer who is now in heaven. I first tell you this because some of you would know Reverend Roberts, some of you would be saying, I have no idea who he's talking about. All right? He was extremely well known just a few decades ago. But Reverend Roberts was a great faith healer who is now in heaven. Billy Graham, Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist of the 1900s, who is now in his 90s. And Robert Schuller was a great possibility thinker who also is now in heaven. Have you ever heard the story of Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, and Robert Schuller together? The story goes, the story goes that they all died earlier than planned. And the apostle Peter met them at heaven's gates. Remember now, this is just a story. <laughs> the apostle Peter met them at heaven's gates. And Peter, sir, Peter said to the three, he said, I'm sorry, guys, your rooms aren't ready yet. 
you'll have to wait downstairs in hell until your room is ready. Well, before long, Satan phoned Peter up long distance. Satan phoned up Peter and said, Peter, hurry up and get these guys out of here. Oral Roberts is healing the sick. Billy Graham's saving all the souls. And Robert Schuler is raising money to air condition the place. <laughs> That's what you call turning, turning your troubles into triumph. Right, brother? Amen. Years ago, I read the story of a donkey that fell into an old, abandoned, dried-up well. If ever you live on a farm somewhere, you've got an old, dried-up well, make sure you cover it properly for safety's sake, okay? So anyway, this um, dear donkey fell into an old, abandoned, dried-up well. The owner of the donkey thought there was absolutely no way of getting the old donkey out of the well. And so he decided to start throwing dirt, started, started to throw dirt on the well to bury the donkey. And what the donkey owner didn't realize is that every time, every time he dumped a wheelbarrow of dirt into the well, the donkey stepped on the dirt, stepped on the dirt, compacted the dirt, and rose a few inches higher up, higher up, higher up, rose the donkey in the well. With each load of dirt thrown into the well, the donkey uh, shook it off, shook the dirt off the back, compacted the dirt until eventually the donkey walked, walked right out of the well with only a few bruises on his body. That's what you call turning troubles into triumphs. My friends, many times through faith and God's help we can turn our troubles into triumph. And may the Lord help you and me to turn our tough time, whatever it is, into triumph. Triumph. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. Let's think about hope for a little bit. Hope. Hope says... The storm will pass and the birds will come out to sing again. Read it with me, would you? Hope says, the storm will pass and the birds will come out to sing again. Dr. Robert Schuller says in one of his books, and by the way, by the way, back in the 90s, some of the very best, best, teaching that I ever experienced was at what he called leadership, leadership conferences that he held at his church in California. But anyway, in one of his books, Dr. Schuler says, God never fails to let the sun outlive the storm. Isn't that beautiful? God never fails to let the sun, S-U-N, Outlive the storm. Hmm. The mountaintop is scaled. A habit is broken. The money starts flowing your way. The bones are healed. 
the doctor tells you you can go home now, or a broken relationship is healed. The emptiness and loneliness of life is filled with a new friend and a new loved one. The court case is settled. The economy turns around. A job opportunity comes your way. The winter passes. The spring returns. And the summer comes. The spring and summer in your life. It is the promise of God found in the Song of Solomon where we read, and the time of the singing of the birds has come. The time of the singing of the birds has come. Tough times never last. Tough people do. The Bible says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Read it with me from the big screen. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. May the Lord renew your strength, your strength, and your strength. Those of you on the main level, may the Lord renew your strength up there in the balcony. May the Lord renew your strength, dear radio listeners. God bless you. Go to point B. And hope says, I will persevere. I will persevere. I am deeply moved by the story of a great man in history. Some of you know a little bit about him. Some of you know a lot. This man, when he was seven years old, his family was forced out of their home on a legal technicality. He had to work to help support the family at a very, very young age. At age nine, his mother died. At age 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. He wanted to go to law school, but his education wasn't good enough. At age 23, he went into debt to become a partner in a small store. At 26, his business partner died, leaving him a huge debt that took years to repay. At 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him. She said no. At 37 years of age, on his third try, he was elected to the US Congress. But two years later, he failed to be reelected. At age 41, his four-year-old son, his four-year-old son died. At 45, he ran for the U.S. Senate and lost. At 47, he failed as the vice presidential candidate. At 49, he ran for the Senate again and lost. At age 51, he was elected President of the United States, and his name was Abraham Lincoln, a man many consider the greatest leader the United States has ever had. My friends, when you have faith in God and you know he is with you, you can persevere. May the Lord empower and help many of you to persevere 
through some, through some very difficult and painful situations that you are going through this very moment. It is my prayer that when the storms of life come upon my little grandson and my little granddaughter as they're growing up, when they feel like saying, I quit, I want them to hang in there. I want them to hang in there because I hope of hope. And I wish the same for you as well. And speaking of hope, point C here is beautifully this. Ultimately, we have the hope of heaven for those who have faith. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, there is faith, hope, and love. Let's go to love for a few moments, love. In another part of the Bible, in Matthew 22, verse 37 38, Jesus says, read it with me in unison from the big screen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is love for your neighbor? Which boils down to love for other people. Well, to begin with, it is acceptance. It is acceptance. It is looking upon other people not as objects to be used and abused, but as special creations of God. It's my prayer and my hope that my grandchildren grow up not caring, not caring about whether a person is red, yellow, black, or white. Not caring about whether a person is Canadian, Macedonian, Greek, Irish, Guyanese, Jamaican, Ketitian, Trinidadian, Bayesian, South African, or rich or poor, but to look upon each person as precious in God's sight, and therefore precious in their sight. <laughs> you know, as I, as I speak these words, you know what comes to my mind? Now, you don't know what, what's coming to my mind. <laughs> what just came to my mind was, was my dear Aunt Ruth, who went to be with the Lord about five and a half years ago. Aunt Ruth, <laughs> Aunt Ruth, he used to say to me sometimes, she used to say, Pastor Nick, uh, someone asked me, asked her, someone asked if, if so-and-so was black or white or, or whatever. And Aunt Ruth used to say to me, she said, you know, I usually have to say, I don't know. I never paid attention to that. <laughs> they're, they're just beautiful people, she would say <laughs> to whoever asked her. <laughs> She'd say, they're just lovely people. I mean, I, are they black or white or, or Indian or, 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 or what? Whatever, you know. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me say as well that love, love, love for neighbor, love for others also means being unselfish, being unselfish. Um, too often we are so preoccupied with 
with ourselves. We are self-centered, too busy with I want, too busy with wanting to be served, too busy with what's in it for me. And the Bible says, for even the Son of Man, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve, but to serve. You know, I just thought of something else, this matter of being unselfish. Um, it was very interesting. I, I, discovered, I discovered that um, the Walmart, that Walmart this week, I think it's just week, has uh, the school backpacks on a big special, 488 each. And those of you who buy backpacks know that normally they're 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 dollars. Anyway, in case some of you forgot, coming up in, in, um, in August, at the end of the month, we are, we are giving away backpacks and school supplies to children in our community, just as a ministry, as an encouragement, as an outreach. And so anyway, when I learned uh, from Pastor Bria, when I learned that these backpacks were on, on sale, uh, she went and bought from two stores as many as she could get. And, and then when I learned this fact, I, I said, okay, I need to go. I need to go and buy these backpacks because usually we give out about 300 of them or 350, however many we can, we can buy. Anyway, make a long story short. What was very interesting, I, I, I went to two different stores. We still don't have enough, uh, by the way, but I went to two different stores wanting to buy up all of them, as many as they had. It was very interesting. In each store, as I went to the cashier, there were several folks just kind of wondering, like, what, what are you doing with four big boxes of backpacks, you know? Like, I could tell in some of the masks, you know, like, uh, uh, what, what would you be doing with so many backpacks? And then I, 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 I solved the mystery for them, and I just said, uh, I'm Pastor Nick of the Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, and uh, next month, at the end of the month, we're gonna be giving backpacks and school supplies to children in the community. And what was beautiful, what was beautiful was, obviously I didn't say any big thing to them, but what was beautiful was, the response was, wow, that's, that's great to hear, you know? I'm, 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 I'm really so pleased to hear that a church is doing that. And um, I went on, of course, and said, you know, the, the, reason, the reason why my buggy is overflowing and falling Falling, some are falling down, is just because there's a big special this week, and normally they cost two and three and four times as much. And they said, well, we understand why you're here. <laughs> anyway, for the last several weeks, we asked, we asked if some of you adults would volunteer to help with the sports outreach camp. And this week, we asked if you would help with the day camp. Now, I know that not everyone, not everyone is available to help, but I want to thank, I want to thank the wonderful group of, of adults and youth who have volunteered the previous week at sports camp, and now those of you who have volunteered for this coming week to help with 
day camp. And, and others of you and some of the same people are volunteering for the, the next sports camp in early August. And the, the reason why, the reason I really want to say thank you is because you can't really operate safely these camps without adult and youth volunteers. We have to have the proper staffing. And the reason this is very important is because of something that I know which some of you may not know, and it is this. The research tells us that the majority of Christians, the majority of Christians in North America became Christians when? When they were children and young teens. So you see, you see, when we operate these camps, we give them, we try to give them some fancy names and all that, but ultimately, ultimately, it's not, it's not just a, a matter of fun and games. Our ultimate goal is outreach. Our ultimate goal is to see boys and girls repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. Amen? And so I say thank you to those of you who are giving of your time and love and energy this week and the week to come. God bless you. God bless you. Let me just say something about what is love for God. What is love for God? The verse that we read spoke of loving God and loving your neighbor. What is love for God? Well, it is commitment. It is commitment. It is devotion to him. It is worshiping him. It is living by the Holy Bible. He demands love from each one of us. Three times Jesus said to the apostle Peter, do you love me, Peter? And finally Peter said, yes, I love you. There is going to come a day when each of us will stand before the judgment seat of God for a decision to be made. A decision to be made regarding heaven or hell. He will say to each of us in some particular words, he'll say, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And to those who can sincerely say, yes, Lord, I love you. I love you. He will say, welcome into my heaven. Welcome. Here's our Bible verse. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. May you and I live out faith, hope, and love. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the beautiful truth summed up in this one single verse. May you, by your Spirit and through your Word, inspire each of us to live out these truths. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.